book club's back. Kathy Kirsten and I read a book called The French Exit. I liked it. Kirsten didn't. Kathy thought it was okay. It was a good, good conversation, though. I thought it was a good, quick, um, quick read. Uh, interesting characters. Story I hadn't heard before. So, I don't know. It was cool. It was a good conversation. We also end up talking about college applications and that process about books that maybe meant something to us for our whole lives. Maybe we're going to book club one of those books that, you know, just moves from house to house with you. You never can seem to get rid of like forever. Um, so we're going to book club one of those books at some point. Our next book club book for January is Carrie by Stephen King. We're going to read horror as our genre. And I was a huge Stephen King fan, as was Kathy. So we're going to revisit a little Stephen King after the warm fuzzies of the holiday you can pick up some horror. (laughs) Thank you for coming back every week. Thank you. Oh my God. I got so many emails about the romance novel um, and uh, from my podcast with Bert and Steven. I really appreciate all your emails and any of those positive emails that you sent me for Bert and Steven, I passed along to them and they were very, very grateful. So thank you for all your um, feedback in both of those podcast episodes. Thank you for coming back every week. Please don't hesitate to reach out. You can go to wifeotp.com and send me an email. You can um, check me out on Instagram, L Kreischer. And thank you so much for for coming back every month. I hope you enjoy this episode, this book club, uh, where we talk about the French exit. I rode my bicycle past your window last night. a floater in my oh, eye. That's annoying. Do you ever have that? Yeah. What does that mean? No like it, it looks like, it feels like I have a black string. Yeah. Yeah. Is it a vitamin deficiency? Is it, it an infection? Of, I don't no. know. I feel like it go, comes and go, like it goes away on its own. So you never really know what it yeah. is. But it day can two. be like a, a part, oh, really? like a headache. It can be a, like a form of a headache um, too. Huh. It's driving me nuts because it moves when I move my eyeball. So I'm like, <laughs> it's making me crazy. How are you on this rainy day? We're all in our socks. Yeah. <laughs> right? I got my big bird socks on. What do you think? Very Super nice. Cute. Very nice. <laughs> Super cute. I like um, your sweater. Nice. Thank you. I just got it. You know, we have this shopping party every year with Jenny at Verona and I got there early because I was going to go to the crystal shop, which is next door and shop for the girls, but the crystal shop was closed. Mm -hmm. So the shop on the very corner, um, was open. So I was like, ah, you know, I don't want to be too early for Jenny. And there was something in the window. I thought my mother-in-law would like for Christmas. So I went in, ended up buying the thing for my mother-in-law, bought this sweater too. And I bought myself a leather jacket because I'm going to Bruno Mars. (laughs) (laughs) I needed it to be like nice. a badass rocker. No, I found, I've been wanting a leather jacket forever. And Bert bought me one. And um, I don't like it uh, in that it has one of those big, wide collars. Like, 
Mm-hmm. Like if it were a sweater, it would be like a scarf collar, mm-hmm. but it's leather. So when, and you know, the chest is one of the broadest, thickest, <laughs> widest parts yeah. of my body. So when I put it on, I look like a linebacker. It's well, a great jacket. Yeah, that's why that sort of thing works so well on Michael Jackson because, yes. you know, flat chested, thin, and the broadness mm-hmm. is like appealing. Yeah. yeah. I get it. For big boob people, it's just yeah. like the whole jacket entered the room before I did. So I was, I'd put it on and I just kept wanting it to work because he gave it to me and it's really soft and it's got like, um, it's not all leather. Part of it is like stretchy. So it's mm-hmm. super comfortable. It's not confining. And then I look in the mirror and I go, mm-hmm. <laughs> I look like the broad side of a barn. I just look so wide. So I found this jacket and I loved it. I bought it on the corner store anyway. Um, it's raining in California. It's not just raining. <laughs> it it's is, like yeah. really raining. The The 101 is totally flooded on is one it? side. There were, yeah, that's why it took me so long to get... <laughs> Camille to school this oh my morning. Gosh, um, yeah, and I mean beyond flooded, like it would be up to the doors. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. Wow, yeah. Well, yay because we need the water, but yeah. for but this that's day, almost too much, too fast. Exactly. Like, like yeah. our you know infrastructure I mean? like is just not gonna, does correct. not support this. Right. No, that is the that's accurate. That's very true. You know, this much rain happens in Georgia quite often, but it's just you know we have we have ditches everywhere. Everybody's yes. got a yeah. ditch. Exactly. In Canada, we're prepared for snow, rain, like elements, but here we're just not prepared for any of it. It's not just like, I think a lot of the time it's like people aren't prepared. It's like, no, like literally the entire system is not prepared. Like we don't have sewers, like we don't have. Or they're, they're full of leaves. Yeah. Like anytime there's any drainage, it's like covered. So it doesn't matter that you have any drainage anyway. Totally. Well, yeah, we've had this pop-up tent for since Bert's 40th birthday, I bought a pop-up tent. Well, he's 49, so we've had nine years. I have an emotional attachment to this pop-up tent. It's been to the beach. It's been at every birthday party. It's been a lot of camping trips. And it bit the dust last night. Oh, it was on our back porch. No. And I woke up this morning, and it's just, like, twisted. And I was like, no, not the pop-up tent. It's, like, part of the family. And last night was dicey, though. Like, it was, there was a lot of wind, a lot of rain. Yeah. So, And last night, I was shocking. like, I should put that tent down. And I just couldn't get myself to do it, and I should have. I lost a family member, guys. <laughs> R.I.P. Pop-up tent. <laughs> R.I.P. Pop-up tent. Well, the bad, the good and the bad about, well, the bad about it really is that Izzy, our dog, does not do rain. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have Many one of those. I, yeah, mine too. Yeah. So I caught her twice trying to pee on a rug in the house. And I'm uh-huh. like, no, 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 no. So she stuck her head out, one drop on her head, and she's shaking her head like it's been a flood. It took me forever to get her to go outside this morning and use the bathroom. And then dumb old Max, like, oh, is it raining? I didn't even notice. I'm just going to pee anyway. Yeah, mine still haven't gone out. No. Yeah, mine hasn't either. Pepper will hold it for like a good 19, 20 hours. Like, I'm not kidding. But I mean, in defense of her, she's like, you know, this tall. She's teeny tiny. So like the rain comes yes. up to her armpits yeah. and that doesn't sound appealing to me either no for sure not but izzy does not have that excuse she's just a wuss when she was a puppy the hardest potty training moment was in the rain i could not get her i stood outside in the rain with her for like 45 minutes one night going you will not go back in the house till you pee because she was so little i mean i had the pop-up tent 
We were under the yeah. pop-up tent. I was oh. like, you can pee under the pop-up tent. I wasn't standing in the pouring rain. She was covered. Mostly dry. She couldn't do it. Too anxiety <laughs> producing for her. Why does everyone in my house have anxiety except me and the cat? It's because it's contagious. Is it? It might yeah, be. it really yeah. is. Well, the cat and I have some good immune systems because we have not caught it. Everybody. Max not really anxious either, I don't think. Not yet. But Izzy's super anxious. And Mona's just old. But anyway. Should we talk about this book? Must we? <laughs> I can't wait to talk about it with you because then we may not agree on this book for oh, once. Oh, great. Um, so the book is... Um, French exit. French exit. I left my book in the house. So hold it up to the camera, Kathy. French exit. <laughs> By Patrick DeWitt. By Patrick DeWitt. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me. Tell me what you don't want to talk about. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, okay. This is what I don't want to talk about. As I get closer to finishing my book, I have huge respect for everyone who has written a book. And this has been well-reviewed. So disclaimer, you know, don't listen to me. This is just 100%. You know, this is my opinion. I did not like it. I I listened to it. I told you, like, I was like, I, I'm getting this on audio because I do not have time to read right now. And I listened to it on audio and I thought, well, maybe I hated it because of the reader. Uh-huh. Because the reader, she was a good actress. I think that, it, I, you know, no, not to diss her, but then when I was like, wait a minute, they made a movie out of this and Michelle Pfeiffer starred as this woman. Mm-hmm. The the reader to me was like an elderly woman. Like mm-hmm. it sounded like mm-hmm. she sounded like a very old voice. And mm-hmm. I was like, and then they'd, they'd mention how beautiful the main character is. And I was like, oh, she just seems like a little old gray haired lady to mm-hmm. me. And um, so. I um, ended up watching some of the movie too after I finished the book because I did not like the book. Mm -hmm. Um, And I got 40 minutes in and was like, I am not enjoying this anymore. (laughs) And I enjoyed the book. Um, Even though it was a very different experience with Michelle Pfeiffer, it's like, okay, I get that she's a beautiful older woman. But yeah, it's just, I just did not click with this humor at all. Mm -hmm. I didn't find it funny. And it is about, you know, um, entitled rich people who have lost their money, but they still have enough money to like live large for mm, a little <laughs> a while, for a little yeah. while. And um, I don't know. It just made me think about how I love the show Arrested Development. Mm-hmm. And the mom in that is an entitled rich lady who is just horrible to everyone around her and just selfish and horrible. And I just thought, I just think she's hilarious yeah. at Lucille Bluth. And I did not laugh in this book or in the movie at all. I was like, is this a comedy? Cause I, I just don't get it. I, I don't, I get that it's supposed to be a dark, uh, maybe a satire. I, it just is not, it did not hit for me didn't right now at all. It was like two thumbs down. Two thumbs down. Not one, but two thumbs down. Well, I didn't laugh well, much either. That Yeah, I was going to say, it's funny that you say that because I didn't laugh at all either. Oh, Bert's in the other oh, way. Oh, I thought it was like, yelling at me? Like, am I not in the us. microphone again? Right, right. Um, <laughs> but I, there were points at which I kept saying, I bet this would be funny visually. Uh, speaking of funny visually, 
I've been walking around this place naked for the last 15 minutes. You have? And I was like, I was like, I loved it. I don't have to worry about anyone seeing me. <laughs> I then, told and you. And I heard Leanne laugh, and I go, oh, she's back here. And then I was coming back to be naked in front of Leanne, and I saw fucking Halston. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Poor Halston. <laughs> well, I told you I had a 930 podcast. Oh, geez. Well, you're welcome that he did not Poor come Halston. here naked. Boy, that would have been an episode, wouldn't it? Yeah, she would have. Right? <laughs> Woo! Talk about a romance novel follow-up. He <laughs> said the wrong episode. Like, <laughs> so you were saying you could see how this would be funny visually. There were times where mm-hmm. like, I would read and I'd be like, oh, like, I know this is supposed to be funny, and I bet the movie is funny. Like, I could see this being funny on screen, mm-hmm. but maybe not. Not my know. experience. But again, I yeah, only I watched I 40 minutes of it, but... Well, I think you can kind of get the gist I of it after 40 minutes. If, if you're not yeah. laughing 40 minutes in... It, the, the, At all. The ship has sailed. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, um, I did. I can't say that I absolutely love the book, but I, I actually kind of enjoyed it. And I, I completely know what you're saying about privileged... Uh, you know, serious white people problems, like big time, beyond white people problems. But I don't know. I, f- I found it. Um, I haven't read a story like this before. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really find it funny, but I found it quirky and um, unique. And I liked that. And I liked, I knew where it was going from the beginning. I knew what the end would be. I just, I was curious to know how we were going to get there and mm-hmm. how it would happen. And um, I thought it was a very simple, straight line, sort of. Mm-hmm. And I actually kind of enjoyed that. I don't know why, but I... I That's great. Well, you're not alone because it was, it's mm-hmm. a national best, bestseller. It right. was well-reviewed. Right. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'm in the minority. Well, I wouldn't <laughs> call it a comedy. I wouldn't even call it a dark yeah. comedy. And yet we it, found it on a comedy on a, list. Exactly. Right, that was the whole point. Yeah. So crazy. So I don't know that we have officially read a comedy. Because that's not a comedy. To me, that's not a comedy. Yeah. And I think maybe, maybe if I had, man- if I, if it was at a, like a different time of the year and I wasn't like racing around, because I remember I read this right as my class was ending too. So mm, I was like turning in the final busy. things and like just frenzy. And I feel like maybe if I had read it at a different time and had managed my expectations more, it Meanwhile, I went into it like comedy. Okay, we're reading a comedy. And it was like, there's nothing about this that's funny. <laughs> right? Well, I think you may be right about whoever read the book on the mm-hmm. audiobook because in my imagination, I already had Michelle Pfeiffer in my imagination. And I didn't think she was the right casting for this role. I didn't think that she was grand enough. Like it needed mm-hmm. to be someone as beautiful as Michelle Pfeiffer, but almost like British. Yeah, you or know. like like a young Holland Taylor. I don't know who that do, is. Um, or like like a a Kate Blanchett type. Like uh, yes, like very beautiful but yes. very regal or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, like Kate Blanchett is a perfect to me. That would have elevated it because Michelle Pfeiffer just wasn't in my brain, and I couldn't get her out of my brain. I kept going, who would I replace her with? Let's replace her in my brain, and I couldn't get her Yeah, replaced. it was, so the movie was very mm-hmm. different. Like, she was sort of, like, kooky when she came to pick him up at boarding school. Uh-huh. Like, the mom goes to boarding school, and all of a sudden shows up. He's 12 years old. She's basically, you know, he's been going to boarding school. She hasn't been very present in his life. All of a sudden, she shows up, and she's like, come on, I'm taking you out of here. And the boarding school, like, director is like, you can't just do this. Like, we, you know, there are forms to fill out. There's, like, a 
process or whatever. And she's like, oh, I don't want to fill out any forms. And she gets out of there. But it, it was like in in the book, it was more like, well, I don't have to do that. Like it, it was to me, the book read more like, she's well, that's entitled. something. Yeah, she's entitled mm-hmm. that filling out forms is something little people do, like yeah, not yeah. me. But in the movie, it was more like, oh, I'm just this kooky lady. Interesting. Who- huh. Well, one thing I, I thought. I thought, yeah, I don't know. I thought I thought the characters were unique, uh, not anything I'd read before or at least in a long time. And um, I love that they had their cat and the cat was and then who the cat ended up being was so that was kooky. Yes. And then the neighbor in Paris that moved in was kooky. And all these things were very kind of uh, to me could possibly really happen. Maybe not the cat part. But the rest of it, I was like, I could see these crazy, kooky people, this really being someone's little slice of life moment mm-hmm. where things go sideways and all of a sudden it works out somehow in the end. Because really, what well, she that's did the was part let that Malcolm is go. like a sitcom to me. What is? Like that little cast of characters. Mm-hmm. Like I could totally see that working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it reminded me uh, of um, um, like a play, like the sort of like British, like farce, like the sort mm-hmm. of parlor. Um, comedies where it's like what she did what oh like yes. and then somebody's having sex and falling over the couch and yep. just like all this kookiness and craziness ensues and I think and it's funny because like there was a pl- I was in a play like that I really enjoyed being in the play then we went to see we took the kids to see the drowsy chaperone years ago again this is a situation where like it won or at least was nominated for Tony's maybe won Tony's like so it's Officially, people loved it. Everyone else in the theater was laughing uproariously at the kookiness that was going on in this parlor comedy and the romance and the ooh and the double entendres and everything. My whole family just sat there like. (laughs) And at intermission, the kids were like, are you guys enjoying this? And meanwhile, it was one of these days where we had hauled the kids out the door and they were like, do we have to go see a play? And I was like, you guys have, you're so entitled. And, you, know, <laughs> you don't realize how lucky you are, what a privilege it is to go see a play with your family. And then I was sitting there going, oh my God, this is horrible. Right. Granted, it was also like regional theater and it was like the ingenue who probably should have been 20 years old was definitely at least pushing 40 and wow. it was just sort of, uh, you know, it, that did not add to it, but like we did long story short, we did not enjoy a single minute of it. Mm-hmm. At the end, the kids were like, so what did you think? <laughs> and I was like, what did you think? And Vivian's like, well, and she was trying to be polite. She knew that I was mad about how sour they were being about the whole experience and I was like oh look I'm gonna cut to the chase I hated every minute of it there wasn't a single thing that I liked and they were like oh thank god (laughs) what was that play we went to in London uh you're in town oh yeah same same situation same exact situation super critically acclaimed yeah amazing show sold out every night and we went and were like don't get one this is fucking minute Terrible. It was, it was terrible. awful. It was one of the worst it, things. It's, I've a, ever it's a terrible feeling when you're like, wait a minute. I know that this is critical acclaimed. <laughs> this is why reading this book or listening to this book and then watching the movie, I it made me feel bad about myself that I was like, I, ju- I don't get it. Like it's a national bestseller. Like 
I felt like I wasn't in with the cool kids. Oh. Like it's like, oh, it's a bestseller, so millions of people love it, <laughs> and I don't get it. It's not millions. I think it's only ten thousand people that have to buy it. So it's only like ten thousand. But the movie too. Like there was also a movie with Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. Well, I could see how when I was reading the book, I could I thought to myself, I see why this. Like you said, why they made this into a movie is so (laughs) it is such a unique story. Um, But um, one thing I thought was curious was that she had this rendezvous with this uh, ship captain that Mm -hmm. just never never went anywhere and never showed up again. I yeah. thought he was going to show up in Paris or something and having taken some Viagra. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and improved his odds or right. that he, that was the only thing I thought might twist the plot because I thought she's going to Paris for the end. Like she's yeah. going to end it. And, and she was very clear about that. I mean, she says yeah. to the past mm-hmm. or the customs agent when they arrive in France, he says, oh, what are you here for? And she's like, I want to see the Eiffel Tower and then die. Yeah. And he's like, oh, my God. And she's like, oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, But you're like, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, like, we get it. Yeah. And that's kind of what you did. But I kept thinking, well, plot twist, ship captain finds her. They fall in love and she has a second act. Maybe that's where we're right. going, mm-hmm. but I don't think so. Because I think, and you know, um, she reminded me in some ways of my mother. <laughs> so I think that might have been one of the reasons that I I um, enjoyed the book because I enjoyed watching this relationship with her son, and I could relate, mm. and I could see that if I had stayed with my mother that would be my relationship with my mother, her, her with Malcolm. Um, it would have been the same. We would have had phones on each bed and called mm-hmm. each other every night. And that would have been, that would have been my mother's dream come true. You know, gray gardens. Um, so part of that, I, I enjoyed that because uh, I could relate to it because, you know, my mom still is very beautiful. She's very charming. Everybody falls in love with her. Bert was just talking about this on uh, Two Bears, One Cave. And I guess Tom had asked him about my mom. And he was like, I can't really speak about her. I've only met her one time. But the time I did meet her, she was beautiful and charming and very warm and lovely. And that that is the way she is when you first meet her. <laughs> She's awesome. And I was like, mm. she maybe wasn't completely warm or loving, but she's yeah. very... Um, um, enthralling and people are, are gravitate toward her or drawn toward her. And I was like, I understand that person. And I understand that person going to the ship captain's room that night on the first night. And I understand the, the shit talking to people and talking down to people. I totally got all that. So I don't know, maybe that's part of why I liked, I'm sure it's part of why I liked it, but I also like the way I liked his style of writing. I felt mm-hmm. like I don't read books and that style of writing much. Not that it was any crazy departure, but it was a little bit. Um, it reminded me of the people I would hang out with in New York. And I always would think, oh, I'm not as smart as you are for some reason. Uh, and not that I, I felt dumb reading this book, but I felt like I was back in New York living and like in. Yeah, that. he did get a good sense of that. Those New York people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I liked visiting that world. I liked visiting this world and uh, I liked that it was short. You know, it was mm-hmm. super easy and, and I knew I was going to get to the end really quickly. Um, I never got bored or never stopped wanting to read it. Um, 
What was your favorite character, Kirsten? In a book you hated. The cat. <laughs> <laughs> the cat. I liked the scenes with the cat in it. And I liked that then the cat ends up being a, or the soul of a main character yeah. is in the cat. Um, but yeah. I don't understand. I thought that was so obvious from like page one. Yeah. But then there was this whole scene where they're like, don't tell this new guy. Don't tell the new guy. Like it was very secretive. I was like, wait a minute. Were we not supposed to get yeah. that that was the dead husband? Like what? I don't under like I got really confused at that because I thought huh. it was so obvious. Mm-hmm. I agree. And then I agree yeah. too. It was super secretive. And I I don't know. I missed some. I felt like I missed something at that point. Yeah, yeah. It's funny in the the movie. Um, so the sh- so in in the book, she decides, well, I guess brief synopsis is there all of a sudden she realizes she's destitute. The financial planner is like, you're out of money. Like the bank is going to take everything is so, you know, I advise you to just sell everything that isn't nailed down, sell your art, sell your jewelry and get out of New York. And so she does that. She sells her art, sells her jewelry and says, tells her adult husband who is trying to break his marriage proposal? Like he's adult son. I, I, sorry, adult yeah. son. Yeah. Um, her adult son who is engaged, but hasn't told his mom that he's engaged because the mom would never approve and would never want to separate from mm-hmm. the son, and says, "Oh, we're going to Paris." And not only do they go to Paris, but they take a ship, like a transatlantic right? <laughs> ship, to get there, which was sort of bizarre. But then they bring the cat on it. So a big a big stretch of the book is actually on the ship. Yeah. It was not a big stretch of the movie. It no. was. And so one of my favorite scenes from the book was when they're trying to get on the ship and the customs person or whoever is like, you have a cat with you. You can't. Do you have paperwork for the cat? And she's like, no. And. And he's like, you you can't just bring a cat onto a, a cruise. You can't just bring a cat to another country. Like, And she's like, okay, then. And she just drops the cat on the curb and is like, okay, ready to board. And he's like horrified. Yep. And it really shows like the kind of person that she is. Yeah. That she's literally about to abandon her cat in the street. Right. And hasn't done any, you know, hasn't thought ahead to do any of the paperwork. And this guy is so horrified and is like, oh, my God, what kind of person are you? And it's a, it's a big scene that was completely cut from really? the movie. Yeah. So, I mean, basically, all of a sudden they're on the ship and you're like, how did they get the cat? I mean, I knew because I read yeah, the book, yeah, but yeah. I'm like, this just doesn't make any sense. But it's such so an nice. interesting moment too yeah. in the book. Yeah. yeah was, which is your point. Yeah. That they just left it out of the movie. Yeah. What were you going to say, Kathy? I was going to say that was one of the things that I was like, this would be really funny visually. Yeah. Right? And then the cat is then slinking along and see, you know what I yes, mean? Exactly. Like, because the whole that thing is about how it, it was is, explained is that yes. the cat then slinks and makes its way while this big scene is happening. Right. But yeah, it was like, oh, okay. Well, I guess we're not going to deal with that. These posh people and cat all worked simpatico. Like <laughs> yes. in there, like the cat understood what she was doing in the book and was like, do, 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 do. My, my question about that is where's his litter box? 
Where's this cat peeing and pooping? <laughs> the whole time I was going, you don't travel with a litter box? What are you doing with this cat? Where's he going to the bathroom? You know? He uses the toilet. I just don't, you know, I guess people that are that wealthy, their cats just don't pee and poop, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> that was my thought. Where's the litter box? Yeah. They so, just hold it for the And there's no mention of a litter like, box. <laughs> I can't read this book anymore. This is outrageous. It's just ridiculous. Um, what was your favorite character? I love Frances. I, I loved her. Mm-hmm. I thought she was, um, I loved her stubbornness. She was so stubborn. And I actually, I didn't, I didn't love that she left her dead husband skiing like that. But I actually, once she started explaining it, I felt bad for her. You know, I felt like he was a bad person and yeah. that mm-hmm. she didn't really handle it well. And I, couldn't really blame her. Like when yeah. I first heard the story, I was like, oh, that's really shitty. But I felt that she was a very broken person who just didn't have a shot and had become this, this very stubborn, steely, cold, um, decisive person. And um, I don't know. I liked her. I really did. I liked that she did completely irrational things, maybe because she's such a departure from me. Like I would mm-hmm. never take you have one hundred and thirty thousand dollars or whatever it is for the rest of your life, and she's flushing it down the toilet, literally flushing it's money her down routine. the toilet. Yeah, yes, and it's because it's her husband's money. I understand, but I don't know why she would do that to Malcolm. If she's I know leaving. that's that made That's me crazy. Malcolm. I'm like, you know that you're going to die. You're trying to like. So yes, the good thing about that came of it is that Malcolm is set free. Yeah. He can marry who he wants. He can live his life. He can finally be free. But I'm like, you know what? He's going to need a lot of that money for therapy. Right. <laughs> and, <laughs> or that kid has never had a job. No. Like he's that never, kid cannot function no. outside of exactly. that house. Exactly. So Give him a bit of like a running start with yeah, that right? cash. How about cab fare? Yeah. To get to the, back to the boat, to get to take the ferry back to, oh not the God. ferry, but you know what I mean? The freight what is it? The ship? I don't know. The cruise line. Back to New York with Susan. And why did Susan love him? I didn't uh, really I, get that much. I did not get that either. And why her and the new boyfriend, who's the old boyfriend, showed up in Paris? That didn't really. Yeah, it yeah, was that, that part I like lost me a the little bit. The casting. So I didn't get that far in the movie. I got far enough to have met Susan, to have met the um, uh, the psychic on the mm-hmm. cruise ship, Madeline, and both of them looked nothing like what I expected. Really? And I don't even know what I was expecting. I didn't even think I had such a strong visual, but I was like, what? That's Susan? What? That's Susan. <laughs> well, you didn't read the same book I did. If that's Susan, right? <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Uh, who's your favorite character, Kathy? I don't know, probably Frances. Um, I mean, she's fun in a lot of ways. I also like the kooky woman in uh, Paris. What the hell's her Madame name? Madame Renard. Yeah. Uh, Frances. Wasn't her first name Frances? No, it's no, not no, no, no. The um, other lady Frances who just like shows up and like pretends yeah, yeah. that she's going home every night, but doesn't. Yeah. Like, I don't know. She was just, uh, she was interesting. She was very different from anyone else. Not mm-hmm. somebody that I particularly like, but it was, she was a very interesting character. Yeah, she was. You know? In a very sad kind of way. Yeah. Like very desperate. But and part of me liked that some of the characters weren't well drawn out. Like the detective. He wasn't the private detective. Yeah, that wasn't really me. well. It ignored ignored it. 
annoyed me. Annoyed yeah. you. <laughs> Ignored you. I was like, I don't get why is he still there? What what is the purpose of this? Like it's just to add to the cast of characters. Yeah, the purpose was like, like a parlor comedy to yeah. have more people in the parlor. Uh, right. <laughs> I think he was hooking up with uh, Madame Renard. That's why I think I, that's what I thought. Mm, I think maybe up. eventually, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, anyway. <laughs> What more can we talk about? I really don't think it was a comedy. What would you classify this as? That's a good question. I don't know. I didn't think it was very funny. Uh -uh. So I assume a comedy is supposed to be funny, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know what genre we put that in. They put it in dark comedy. Maybe that's why, because they didn't know where to put it. Yeah, I mean, it's quirky. I mean, it Uh, is quirky. I don't even know that it's all. I mean, I guess it's slightly dark, but... It's slightly dark. Slightly well, dark. Like, dark like, because there's a suicide. Yeah, right? that's what I'm wondering. Like, is that why? Because I, we sound so hardened. Like, oh, it's not that dark. It's just, <laughs> it's it's just only a suicide. Like the main, yeah. You know, I mean, that's all. Spoiler alert. Um, and, you know, a lot of people email me and go, you know, I don't read the books that you read, but I like listening to you talk about it. So I feel like it's okay if we spoiler if we, alert yeah. a little bit because who has time to read? I guess besides the three of us. <laughs> I guess we make time to read, but I don't know. Well, this certainly know. wasn't hard to read. No, it, it wasn't was super hard. quick. It was easy. It was. I felt like it was a winter beach read. That's what I kept yeah. thinking. This mm-hmm. is not a beach read, but it was like a winter. It was like a Thanksgiving week off read because you. I read it in like two days. Maybe mm-hmm. if I'd had one whole day, I probably could have read the whole thing in one day. Um, but that's what it felt like. It didn't feel like. Super heavy, even though it was a little dark. It wasn't cumbersome. It wasn't hard to read. It wasn't hard to understand. It wasn't hard to follow. It felt like a winter beach read. Yep. So that's a good characterization. Um. So then, yeah. So (laughs) there's the category. A quick read, right? A quick. I just want to read something quick, right? Because sometimes I do. Sometimes I just want to read something quick. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I'm very much influenced by like chapter length. Sometimes I'll flip through a book, Mm. and Mm -hmm. if the chapters are like forty five pages long, I'm like, I I don't have the bandwidth for that. Yeah, right now. Um, Sometimes I just need to see a little white space. Yeah, you know, it just yeah. I agree. I need to feel mm-hmm. like I'm moving through the book. And if the chapter's too long, I feel like it, it takes, because what I try to, what I do, I'm so busy is I compartmentalize. Yeah. And, and, and if the chapter, I try to finish a chapter before I put the book down. Yes. Exactly. And if the chapter's too long, right. then I can't do that. Yeah, then you just put the book aside and yeah. you just don't get to it. That's yeah. right. I do that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Note to self people aspiring to be writers, <laughs> make your chapter shorter. Um, but uh, I've gotten a lot. <laughs> I've gotten a lot of comments about this. Um, the romance novel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not to back it up too okay. much, but are uh-huh. we finished talking about French Exit? I think we are. I'm done here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would recommend it as a, a winter beach read. I wouldn't recommend it as a monumental best read of right. my life. I'll forget about it by next week. I'll probably never remember I've ever read it. It's not like that book that I that I was talking about we chose between this and that one. This is where I leave you. That book comes back to me over and over again. I'm probably going to read it again. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll read it as a book club book. It is funny. And it is like arrested development in that it's it's family and it it does I think the opposite of what you described happened for you in this book. But anyway, um, 
Yes, the romance novel. I got a long, <laughs> long email uh, <laughs> about your comment, Kirsten, about Game of Thrones as a book <laughs> and not wanting to read fantasy. <laughs> Someone broke down the different genres of fantasy and how you were incorrect in what you were saying oh and God. got super into it. And I don't ever get emails like that. Like I don't ever. <laughs> okay. I know like nothing that. about <laughs> fantasy. Like I, I didn't I mean, think that I, think I the email said, oh. I know she said she knows nothing oh. about fantasy, but let me explain. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God, people are super hardcore into this. And with the romance, so many people were like, Oh, she's my favorite author. I'm so sad. You didn't get it. And I was like, Oh, Sorry, <laughs> we didn't get it. I'm sorry, we just didn't get it. Yeah, um, but you know what? That's what reading is, right? Like yeah. this, yes. this guy, it's like the author, he is he was shortlisted for the Man Booker Prize, which is only one of the most prestigious, not for this book, but um, for one of his other books. He's obviously, he's a good writer. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it yeah, was, yeah. He's a good writer. And so I feel bad like saying, I did not respond to this at like even 1%. Like right. I was just... It's like, it's not, it's not you, it's me. <laughs> I just want to say that in the book because I know that it's like so much work goes into, it's or the, not you, it's you me. know, the romance book that we read and that it's like different people respond to different things yep. and also at different times. Yes. And, you know? and that is true at different yes. times. I don't know that I would read Stephen King right now. I haven't read a Stephen King book in years, but in high school, I devoured, devoured and through college. That's yeah. all I read. I didn't read anything else. But now I don't connect with that. So I, I completely hear what you're saying. But yeah, a lot of people recommended other romance novels for us to read, to try, if we didn't like her, to try some others. And I appreciate that. I think that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll yeah. give another one a whirl later <laughs> after we've recovered <laughs> from, from the first one. But um, I don't know. I, I like that we talked about something that caused so much reaching out. Mm -hmm. You know, that means you Definitely. talk about something that people really care about or passionate about, you know, Stephen and Bert were on, um, talking about raising teenage daughters and I got flooded with people with a lot of young ladies saying, oh my God, I was exactly like this to my dad and I hadn't thought about it. And I, I, a couple of them were like, I actually listened to your episode and then called my dad and apologized Wow, and said, I'm so sorry that I treated you this way. And I was like. That's what I'm talking about. That's why you have these conversations so that you can self-reflect and um, mm -hmm. maybe make a positive change for yourself or a positive step. Not that you need to, you know, apologizing to your dad for being a jerk doesn't necessarily change your life, but it might change your relationship with your dad. Definitely change your relationship with yourself to mm -hmm. reflect and go, maybe I wasn't the best person and maybe that was okay because it's normal, but um I love that about this podcast that when we, when we talk about something, I like comments, not because I, I I'm popular. I like comments because the more comments I have, it tends to be the more of a nerve we've struck positive or negative. Um, mm. and I like that because then I go, well, that's the whole point is to get people, um, to think or to consider what we're talking about. So anyway, the romance novel really hit a nerve. <laughs> we'll see if this one does. We should pick some other genre that has hardcore hardcore fans, you know, mm -hmm. like fantasy. Well, clearly fantasy. Does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe we should read Game of Thrones. 
I'm just kidding, Kirsten. She's like, I, can I quit the book? Right. She's like, I think I'm out. Can I take a book? I said, what? I'm done. I'm sorry. I just don't have time to read a, a thousand page no, long I don't book. No, I don't either. And I think, you know, the way we approached this book, that it was shorter, was mm-hmm. very smart. Unless it's something we're really dying to read, mm-hmm. I think we should look at keeping it really short because, you know, I, I don't pay you guys to come here. You come here because you're kind and you like what we're doing. I for think. all the laughs. We come <laughs> for all the laughs. Yeah. Well, it is social. It's uh-huh. kind of hit several birds with one stone and I appreciate it very much. So uh, I, you know, I do feel bad to say, hey, let's read Anna Karenina. <laughs> and I'll see you in six months. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think we should keep it short like this. Right. Yeah. Somehow I well, think that the Anna Karenina book club is not going to be the most popular one. We will no. not generate the most no. comments other than what we the... We won't hit much of a nerve. Anna Karina in three parts. <laughs> Part one. <laughs> Next week, Moby Dick. Yeah. Like. <laughs> right. The Stand. So that's what I wanted to read for Stephen King. No, just kidding. Um, so I did some research. I thought, I've been so busy. You sent me all those options. I've been talking about horror forever. Mm-hmm. So I just didn't have time to dig into the other genres. So I just went online and and asked the question, what is the best Stephen King book to start with? Did you guys ask that question online or anything? Uh-uh. No. Well, it said to start with Carrie, which is a short book. Yeah. And it is his first published book. Um, there are lots of books after that that are great. But I, two or three different websites said the same thing. Start with Carrie. If you're introducing someone to Stephen mm-hmm. King, that's the book to start with. So maybe we'll start with Carrie. How I are actually you? haven't read that one. You haven't? No. Oh, I did. I don't remember if I, don't I read think it so. or not. I mean, it was a hundred years ago if yeah. I did, but I don't think I did. I did. I read it. Um, it's interesting too, because, you know, it's, everybody knows the basic story of Carrie. Yeah. You know, it's a girl in high school who's in, on the outs and gets on the end and then is treated poorly and, and ravic and uh, havoc wreaks. So, um, but it's, I remember it being a very relatable story. Uh, you know, that's the good thing about a lot of his books is a lot of what his characters are just super relatable, regular people in extraordinary circumstances. Carrie is not a regular person, but you can relate but she kind of is. It's kind of a metaphor for yeah. like, yeah, for the alienation of. Yeah. Yeah. When you don't fit in, when you're not one of the cool kids, when you're not John Travolta in the first <laughs> movie. Remember, he was the cool kid. Um, so let's read Carrie. Is that OK? Yeah. Sure. I'll send you Carrie. <laughs> Shortest podcast ever. It's been 45 minutes. What else can we talk about, guys? <sighs> not the French exit. Not the French exit. We're done. Um, Okay, so Carrie's next time. We, uh, if we're going to read a fantasy at some point, what what does anybody know off the top? Is Hunger Games a fantasy, or is that an adventure action adventure? I'm staying out of this. I don't don't know anything about fantasy. Last time, right? Somebody really got you know the problem. To me, with fantasy, and I'm probably I'm probably wrong, and this person can write into you and tell me how I'm wrong. But um, 
is that most in my experience, or at least the type of fantasy that my husband reads or that other friends have read, it, they tend to run very long. So oh. that's why it hasn't been a natural fit for this podcast. But if that person could write into you and give you suggestions for a shorter fantasy novel, okay, we might be more. Well, even The Hunger Games is a trilogy, right? Like well, Lord not- of the Rings is pretty short, right? <laughs> <laughs> Joking? <laughs> no, um, no, it definitely does not have Hunger Games. Dune. Okay, my daughter talked about Six of Crows forever. Have you read Six of Crows? Uh-uh. Oh my god, she said it was just the best book ever, and that's in a fantasy. I'm looking up the best fantasy, and I don't remember that that was super long. I'll have to look and see. Um, but that's something to think about. But she told everybody she knew to read that book. It just blew her mind. Six of Crows. I think that's the one. Shadow and Bone was another one, I think, that mm-hmm. she just freaking died for. She actually read fantasy a lot. So maybe I'll ask Georgia. Same author, mm-hmm. Halston from The Other Room said. <laughs> that would make sense. She loved all of those books. So maybe we'll... And if they're... You know, she read them in middle school, so maybe that means it'll be an easy read. <laughs> maybe we'll see. We'll see. What'd you say? Never mind. <laughs> Four hundred sixty-five pages, too long. That's not. That sounds super short. Short for fantasy, but really not. How for long was the Paris I mean, exit? Two sixty something like that. I'm looking no, in the two sixty. Like, think about um, uh, Lord of the Rings. That's like a thousand pages. So I'm thinking like three hundred or short. less. This was two forty-four. Such a sweet spot. <laughs> we're just like, bam, I got it out, right? <laughs> when I looked up the Stephen King list, I looked it up by page count. Oh, you did you not? Wow. Oh, oh my really God. Did. Because it, the stand, yeah, under the really dome. Long ones. Um, yeah. Those three in particular, I mean. But there are, he has several others that are not that long. No, he does, yeah. uh, for sure. And but, he does have some novellas that are like, sort of compiled in a yeah. you know one big book like stand by me was like a, a short part, yes. novella. Yes, it was a novella so was the shawshank redemption which was yeah. called rita hayworth and the shawshank redemption it was a really good story um actually and then they made that great movie i wonder if we shouldn't have a book club where we watch the uh, where we have a book club that's been made into a movie and then compare what do you think about that okay like if we have a like this one we could have done that but maybe we do that next time or another time because next time is Carrie. I don't want to watch that. You don't want to watch Carrie? No. I watched it a long time ago. but Yeah, I watched it a long time I ago. Do not, but that not is not my thing at all. No. No. Okay, we won't do that one. Thank you. You're <laughs> welcome. Um, what else are you reading besides this? I'm reading 99% memoir. Oh, yeah, because well, what are you so, reading? That's good. You think that's good? Uh, yeah, I just read one called A Face for Picasso by Ariel Henley, I believe, um, about a girl. Um, she and her sister, she's, I, I, and she's an identical twin. They are born with um, a genetic syndrome that causes, a, I'm probably going to get this wrong, but causes the bones in their head to fuse prematurely oh my so therefore as they grow like they're different parts 
are growing, but the bones have already fused. So they end up having 60 surgeries by the time they're done high school. And um, it is beautifully written. She, I mean, it goes deep and she really gets into how the experience was like for her parents and also for her siblings who were not experiencing this and how painful it was even for the other members of the family to see them suffering so much. So both twins had this. Yes. Wow. And so they're identical twins, but because of these repeated surgeries, they become, they look less and less alike Mm. over time because they're having all of these, you know, corrective surgeries. And, um, and so she really goes into how, how it really messes with their identity because they come out of a surgery and they no longer look like their twin. Mm. And then they look in the mirror and they don't recognize themselves. And, um, and just the relentless bullying from, um, like kids and adults. Um, and it is beautifully written. I highly recommend it. A face for Picasso. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Moving. Yes. Heavy, but really good. Kathy, yeah. what are you reading? <laughs> I'm not reading anything, actually. I had a couple of things that like came in from the library after this, and then like apparently I never took them out in time. So, but I know what was on my list. It was something by I think it was Kristen Hanna, like The Four Winds. I think that was in there. Um, and then there's another novel called The Maiden, I mm. think. Um, and then yesterday I was like, you know what I should start doing is reading the um Drukinski book. Um that this I have. One? Yeah. It doesn't have to be awkward. Correct. It's a good book. Yeah. I like that book a lot. Um, I Did I give you that book? Uh-huh. I thought, yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good book. Um, well, I, I've been like, I have the book that I got from the Barnes and Noble grab bag, like secret book club mm-hmm. where you just pick one and that's what you're reading. And I can't, I can't get into it. I keep starting it and going, I'm not, I don't want to read this right now. And I don't, I'm not saying the book is bad. I'm not in the mood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when you're in the mood for a beach read and you get mm-hmm. something that's heavy and you go, I don't want to, I just mm-hmm. want another beach read. I kind of want another beach read like mm-hmm. this French exit. I think that was perfect for me. Nothing too heavy. Nothing mm-hmm. I have to think about a lot. I'd like something like that. That's still good. You know, that's still entertaining. And I haven't found that at the moment. And I'm frustrated because I keep wanting to read. And then I keep going, I don't want to read this right now. This is not what I want to read right now. But it's not that I don't want to read it later. I just don't want to read it now. Yeah. I mean, so much of reading is like the right time, like the right time for the and the right book at the right time. And that, that book you just described, the memoir, sounds amazing, but I don't want to read that Yeah, right that now. is not a beach read. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, I don't want to read it right now. Yeah. Uh, so maybe Carrie will right. be a beach read. <laughs> a bloody a beach blood read. A bloodbath of a beach read. <laughs> uh, anyway, I wonder if we should pick a self-help book because we haven't really read a self-help book in a long in a time. What, what was that? <laughs> you don't need any more help. No, I just, a lot of the self-help books have been. You just got 15 pounds heavier when I said that. Your whole body yeah. went, I, yeah, I have not enjoyed most of the self-help books that we've read. Okay, so we'll put that um, off till summer. But, but never say never. And I'm open to whatever we decide. I wonder if we should do this too. I mean, I think about this a lot. A lot of the books that I read like 30 years ago, no one talks about anymore. They're 30 years old, but they're really good books, you know? And I read 
like this is a this is goofy probably, but I read Jonathan Livingston Seagull. What a great book! Super short. No, none of the kids these days know anything about this book. I gave Georgia a copy of this book, and she was like, "That was an amazing book." And I'm like, "Yeah, no one talks about it anymore. For some reason, some of some books like that don't uh, transcend like forever." You know, What's that? Forever. <laughs> Forever, right? Like Jane Austen and all mm-hmm. those books that keep going on generation after generation. But I wonder if we should search our libraries, our own libraries, and see something that really, really changed our perspective. Or like that book, mm-hmm. uh, This Is Where I Leave You, that keeps coming back to me over and over again. We're going, that was a really great book. I wonder if we should search our libraries and see if there's something like that 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 you've forgotten about that you can something that resonated at one point in our lives. Yeah. Like forever. That was a really interesting experiment to read Mm -hmm. the book that meant so much to me and to then understand what I learned from that book. Because when I first went on this journey of trying to figure out who I was, I read so many self-help books. I read, you know, the seven spiritual laws of of whatever. And then I read um, the four agreements and I read, you know, seven habits of highly effective people Mm -hmm. and think, think rich, grow rich and rich dad, poor dad. And um, there are all those kind of self-help books that were really coming out in the early nineties that made a huge influence on me that no one talks about anymore, you know, because self-help books are so constantly renewed Mm -hmm. I would love to read one of those books again and see and have the same kind of experiment I had with forever and go, oh, wow, I didn't realize I built my entire foundation on this thought. Because I think I think I actually did build a lot of my because I was really trying to rebuild my thinking in my early 20s because I had been brought up with some flawed, (laughs) some flawed information. And I wonder how much I based it on Louise Hay. You know, I read her so Mm -hmm. much. That when I went back and read her again, I was like, that's actually how I think most of the time. So that's kind of cool to realize that's where that came from. So maybe we approach self-help from that angle. If you guys have any self-help books too, where you went, this one really changed my perspective or how I functioned. Um, Because I have a couple myself. Yeah, that it sounds like a fun exercise anyway to just like go through the bookshelves and the boxes of books and, and see, because there's like boxes of books that sort of make it to, through uh-huh. every move. Exactly. Yes. And but don't, don't get purged. But, get opened. Yeah. They but, don't get opened, yeah. but they don't get purged. Yes. And yes. That is curious. That is curious, right? Let's yeah. do that as an exercise and pull one or any genre, any genre. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll do that after Carrie. Is that okay? Is it giving you enough time after Carrie mm-hmm. to come in with a couple that just never left you? For yeah. whatever reason. Well, I'm already remembering one that is not self-help, but that was um, the first novel that was assigned in school that I actually loved. Like, because most of the books that were assigned in school, I was like, yeah, I get, you know, like whatever, Lord of the Flies yeah. and uh, all the, you're like, okay, okay, it's well-written and whatever, but it doesn't like speak to me. Mm-hmm. It's not something that I would have, you know, picked off a shelf and like or that I'm going to recommend to anybody mm-hmm. in the future. And there was this um, book by a very famous Canadian author, um, Robertson Davies um, called fifth business um, that I read in 12th grade and was like, Holy crap. I'm, I'm going to read all of his books now because wow. mm-hmm. it was so good. Um, 
And I really don't remember a thing about it other than it was just beautifully written and um, the the imagery and the symbolism and everything. It just and the characters. It was just it was fantastic. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to go through the whole box, (laughs) the box that makes all of the moves. Right. Like uh this book I've had forever since middle school. I've never thrown that book out. I have some more like that. I have to go look and see what they are. That's an interesting, I think Mm -hmm. that'd be an interesting exercise. Um, I was just thinking as you were describing the books that we were assigned in school, uh, aren't they very male driven? Aren't they? Ketra Narai. Great Gatsby. Lord of the Flies. Great Gatsby. Mm -hmm. Ivanhoe. I got assigned Ivanhoe. (laughs) Come on. It was all about knights and King Mm -hmm. Richard and King whoever. And, but I don't remember reading Jane Austen in high school. We didn't, um, or any, I don't remember reading The Scarlet Letter. I didn't read mm-hmm. Anne of Green Gables. I didn't read any of that stuff. It was all very male-centric. You know, it's interesting. I got a text recently from a friend of mine who said, can you recommend any um, self-help books by women, ones that really spoke to you by women. Mm -hmm. And she said, I just feel like I've read a lot of really great ones, but I have all these male voices in my head Mm. and I'm, it's enough. She's Mm -hmm. like, I'm 50. I, (laughs) I want female voices in my head. I want to learn from women. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's interesting. That's funny. All of them that I read in the very beginning were women. Shakti Gwain, Louise Hay, eventually Brene Brown. But the two that I relied on the most when I first started trying to figure out who I were, were both women. I didn't find Deepak Chopra for years. And he was probably the next one that was really self-help or, or the four agreements for years later. I focused Mm -hmm. on those two women. I read everything they wrote in the very beginning, all women. Um, But that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. having that self-help come through a male perspective you know nothing wrong with a male perspective it's very valid and very valuable but it's not very balanced if every single book you're assigned in high school Mm -hmm. is male focused I mean it is they were all male there's no female narrator in any of the books I remember reading Shakespeare but that's not you know Shakespeare's kind of more universal and we read Romeo and Juliet um, but I don't remember reading any, I, I read no Bronte. I read no, no Austin, no, no female writers at all. Yeah, I'm trying to remember like back in high school, what we were reading. We definitely read Scarlet Letter, but I did not. No, I did not. Yeah. I don't remember. No, not really. I mean, clearly they weren't that powerful. <laughs> <laughs> My kids are reading The Scarlet Letter, or one of them is. Um, but yeah. My kids did not, actually. One of I mine did. About that. I don't remember which one. I think it was Georgia. Neither of them. They're both either. reading Jane Austen right now. Um, one's reading, no, they're both reading Pride and Prejudice, which is really interesting. One's in 10th grade, one's in 12th grade AP English, and they're reading the same thing. I wonder, it'd be interesting to hear how that literature is approached in each class. Yeah. Yeah. And for what purpose, you know. Anyway, we get all nerdy, <laughs> nerdy and heady. Are you ready for Christmas? Uh, <laughs> no. Now you both got 15 pounds heavier. Right. <laughs> Not ready for Christmas? Unclear. 
unclear. (laughs) (laughs) Was that question too complex? (laughs) Yeah. Well, Richard's birthday is December 5th. You know, we were talking about this. It's hard when, and Mm -hmm. you're dealing with this with Lily. Yeah. When you have a loved one whose birthday is really close to Christmas, it was like, I felt like, oh yeah, I'm doing great. And then all of a sudden we wrap everything up for his birthday. And I was like, oh, wait wait a minute. I don't have anything for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. I have some things. It's just, it feels like repeats of the same. It's like, I got clothes and. As the older we all get, the harder it is to shop, isn't it? Yeah. It's harder because I'll go to shop for Kathy for say, and I'll go. Well, I've already bought her a vase. I've already bought her a candle. I've already bought her a scarf. I've already bought her this. I've already bought her that. How do you start over? It's really hard to figure out. Yeah. Richard's mom um, once bought him. She was actually with us for Christmas and he opened the gift and it was a like charcoal gray cashmere sweater. And she's like, do you like it? And he's like, yeah, and I liked it last year too. When oh my God. we got like literally the exact same one, same size, same brand, same everything. And she's like, I did not. And he's like, Mom. And he went into the bedroom and he brought it out. And he's like, and she's like, What? And I like we all had a good laugh about it. It's funny, but I was also like, Oh my God, we're all walking that edge. Like, yep. Yes. Yeah. We are. <laughs> The older we get, and like, like I felt for her. I'm like, my God, she's been buying him gifts for 50 years. Yeah, like, she's you know, probably exhausted. Point. She's just like, oh, okay. get your own gift. Yeah. <laughs> my in-laws have started kind of doing it right. The kids are older, and they're like, here, the bulk of your gift is just going to be gift cards. Where yeah. do you want them from? Yeah. She was like, I don't want to just give you a Visa gift card. That's impersonal. What do you want them from? And I was like, I'll take one from William Sonoma. Great. She's so happy yeah. to give me that. And she's like, I know you need things for the house. I know you've had your first Thanksgiving. I know you saw some like holes in your, I need an, I need two gravy boats. I need two gravy boats. I have too many people. One gravy boat's not enough gravy. So she was like, then just go buy what you want. She does that for my kids too. Where do you want your gift certificate? And so she makes it specific. Like jo- Georgia was like, I want one from Joanne's so I can buy yarn. Great. So as it's not lame because we get plenty of presents, but right. it it just makes life so much easier. I mean, if they if they had no presents to open and they just got gift card, gift card, <laughs> gift card, that would be one thing. And they don't just give them gift cards. They'll give them something else little, but the bulk of their gift and our gift has been gift cards lately and it's pretty great. It mm-hmm. just makes everybody's life easier. Yeah. And um I don't mind, you know, sometimes I feel I sometimes I feel like I'm the forgotten one in the house that I buy everybody's gifts. And at the end of the day, they go, oh, yeah, mom. Oh, forgot about mom. But Isla (laughs) Isla has figured out fully, not that she didn't know this already, figured out fully how to shop on Amazon for everyone's Christmas gift. (laughs) And she has bought everyone a gift and she has been so thoughtful about it that I think this year I'm actually going to get a gift that I'm going to be like, yes, someone (laughs) understands. Camille went to the mall like two months ago with her babysitting money Mm -hmm. and literally bought gifts for everyone. And by everyone, like not just everyone in our immediate family, all the cousins, the grandparents, everyone out of her own money. I have no idea what she got. But I, it's, it was so, so thoughtful. So Aww. I don't care what it is. Like it's, 
you know, it, yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So what's the big, what'd you get this year that's really, that you can share with us so we can steal it, steal the idea? What'd you get? Anything good? What I got for Richard's <laughs> yeah. birthday, um, which was sort of like the big gift, um, is this thing called a Rev Balance board. What um, is that? So he really enjoyed um, like paddle boarding mm-hmm. in um, when we were in Maui and when we were in Kauai, we did a, a surfing lesson. He really enjoyed that. So this it's a board that's like it's to work your core. So there's a million different ways that you can use it, but you basically stand on it. One of like the basic way to use it is you stand on it like a surfboard or a skateboard or whatever. Um, it's like kind of larger than a skateboard. It's like a longboard maybe, um, but not, it's not like a surfboard. And it has this like sort of tube underneath it. And it, there are magnets you can place in different places to make it harder or easier. And you stand on it and wobble. Um, and but you can also do like push ups on oh, okay. it. You can do like um, like lunges or squats or there's like a, a whole bunch of different exercises that you can do on it. But cool. he loves to try new exercise things. And that's so good for you, really too. Yeah. The yeah. balance piece as we get older really starts leaving. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Almost fell down the stairs the other day. Oh, and I was no. like, oh, my God, I got to start on the handrail. I'm only 51. <laughs> what happens 30 years from now? I'm just going to give up and roll down. <laughs> just, let me get ahead of this. I'm just going to roll down the stairs. And I don't break anything. <laughs> just walking and lost my balance somehow. So it's good because he can work on his balance while he's watching TV or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What about you? You got anything good we can steal from? <laughs> I don't really have anything good. That's the tr- that's the problem. I have a lot of stuff. None of it's like wow. Yeah, that's yeah. the tricky part. Yeah, I feel it- like there's not a wow. Mm-hmm. So for any of my family, well, my my friend Kelly Brown came up with a wow for me the other day. I think um, I'm going to get this. Um, she was like, "You have this great deck up here, and all this open sky from this deck. You should buy a telescope." For your kids for Christmas. So I think I might. I think I might buy a telescope. That's cool. That's fun. Um, Because you could sit up on that deck and look. There's this whole big unencumbered shot of the sky. If we ever have stars here. But you could at least see the moon and a couple of the planets. Mm -hmm. And I may get one that goes in like a case and we can take it Girl Scouts. Like if we go in again to Girl Scouts. (laughs) Because my my dad um, inherited a telescope in that his uncle died and left him his he had this old old really cool telescope and we set it up at the lake and isla spent forever looking in that telescope she loved it so that may be what i get that's cool, the cool. girls that's just good idea. It, like a joint gift this yeah. is gonna live on the deck you can go out and check it out but other than that i don't really have anything cool either um yeah it's hard now that they're older. It is hard. Like, and Isla's list is like a rug yeah. for my room. Check with me first. Art for my room. Check with me first. You know, a bathrobe. Check with me first. And I'm like, well, I'm not, <laughs> I want to give you something. You don't know what it is. You know, Max has a very similar list. It's like whatever it is. And then the price, like, it's like blah, 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 headphones. And this is the price and whatever. And this is where it can be located. (laughs) (laughs) And then, but then he has like ridiculous things on there. He's like tattoo. 
I don't know how much it cost. I was like, you're not getting a tattoo. Like, what's wrong with you? I'm not getting a tattoo. And he described what kind of tattoo. Oh, like, my God. Uh, it oh. was very interesting. Um, That's pretty funny. Yeah. Tattoo. And then, like, motorcycle. I don't know how much it costs. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, it costs nothing because you won't be getting You're not it. getting a motorcycle. Right? That's <laughs> no. not happening. Yeah. So, and then Lily's list is like, clothes, makeup. And she has a list of books and a list of like gift cards that like from places that she wants. I was like, well, that's yeah, all your birthday. <laughs> right. So like there's nothing. I don't know. It's tricky. It is tricky. And I keep asking my kids what they want and they say nothing. Yeah. I'm like, well, you can't have nothing under the tree. Um, I bought them like, you know, crystal necklaces. They're all into crystals and, you know, socks because we're going snow skiing and who they can never keep up with their thick like snow skiing socks. By the time snow skiing comes around again, nobody has them. I don't know what happens to them, but yeah. they disappear um, and stuff like that. But it's all pretty lame. I feel kind of bad, but I do have a niece and a nephew and that's been kind of fun. Been buying that's a fun age, right? that fun? Yeah. Four. I bought him um, a... He is really into Spider-Man, big time. <laughs> so I bought him his own Spider-Man chair so he can sit in his Spider-Man chair and watch TV. Oh I apologize, Cotty. She will probably <laughs> kill me because I know she will not want this Spider-Man chair, but I can see his whole face go like, oh, a Spider-Man chair. And I, I got Lola a Moana doll. She oh. really loves Moana. Um, So I got her a doll and a couple other things, but they're so fun to buy for those little nuggets going anywhere for christmas anybody you we, are we are going to um north carolina um richard's richard had um, one brother and sister-in-law live in um durham north carolina mm -hmm. and his parents bought a house recently in raleigh durham era area as well and so the other brother and sister-in-law and kids are coming down and yeah, so it'll be the first time the cousins all seen one another in like two and a half years. Wow. That'll be great. Yeah. Cousins are awesome. Mm -hmm. They're so safe, aren't they? Yeah. Usually. Yeah. My kids are just obsessed with their cousins. Like Aww. just obsessed. I mean, yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. That, that means they'll cool. stick together. Yeah. yeah. They'll keep getting together as the years go by. I think Georgia and Isla's, they have two cousins they're particularly close to. They're pretty close to all of them, but... Abigail and Lexi and Georgia and Isla are just thick as thieves and they're different ages. You know, Lexi is Georgia's age, but Abigail's a what sophomore or junior in college and they're still really, really tight. That's cool. Yeah. It's cool when that happens. Um, yeah. You're not going anywhere, Kathy? No, no, no. I don't, I don't love traveling over the holidays. Oh, I hate I it. Like to Nor be do I. Me I too. want to be in my house. <laughs> Me too. Um, so no, we're not traveling at all. Um, Me too. We're going snow skiing and I, I'm, I'm happy to go snow skiing, but I feel the same way. I don't want to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. It's not that I don't want to go snow skiing. I don't want right. to go anywhere. Yeah. I, I want to hang out with my animals. And Me yeah. too. <laughs> I want to not have so much to do in yeah. my house. You know, yeah. I feel like my house in particular, I just said this to Bert this morning. I feel like I'm finally getting like, it's, it's, it's ending like all this mm -hmm. Construction is ending. The front yard is done. They've got all the lighting in. They have one more day of work total at my house. And then they're starting to redo the barbecue because that was built improperly and had to be redone. So once the barbecue's done, I am literally finished. And sometime this week, actually, I'm supposed to get my furniture for my living room. 
So I'm really like by January, I'm going to be kind of done and I'm so looking forward to it. So I would love to just kind of not have anything to do in this house. Um, Annie's coming today to help me plow through my living room. The last box is the last men standing. Just get rid of them. (laughs) Whatever is in there, put them where they need to be, donate, trash, whatever, and just be done. So yeah, I kind of, I'm happy to go snow skiing, but I kind of would rather just stay home this year, but it's Georgia's last year home. Yeah. So got to do it. Got to go. It's the last, um, I feel like my life is about to go backwards a little bit. And why are you, why are you? Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, you're, you know, there's a kid about to, you know, move out of the house. That's weird. It is weird. You know, that's going to be a big change uh-huh. to only have one kid in your house. Mm-hmm. That's going to change the dynamic so much. A lot. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. It's going to stink, mm-hmm. but it's good, but it's still going to stink. So I'm trying to, she's so funny. You know, I was never home when I was a senior in high school. I'm sure neither of you were ever home when you were a senior in high school. You were always out doing stuff, but, um, And it's always really bothered Bert and it hasn't really bothered me, but it started bothering me recently. I think because I I see the downhill Mm -hmm. Um, and it started, I've been missing her. And I told her the other day, she was out Friday night, spent the night at someone's house out Saturday. I had my ornament exchange. She quote helped. She was the worst helper. (laughs) Isla and Lily were helping and Georgia was gossiping with her friend in the kitchen. That was basically what her help was. I paid her to gossip with Daisy. That's what I did. And they helped a little bit. But Lily and, and Isla really, really helped. Um, and then she left. And then she was gone that whole night, too. And I was like, I have not seen her at all. since. I haven't seen her at all. I don't see her all week because of school. Mm-hmm. And then I don't see her all weekend. And so Sunday she came home. And I was like, I think we need to shift things around a little bit. Like, I'm sincerely missing you. And I do deserve a little bit of your time. I don't deserve a lot but I deserve a little bit. So let's decide what that looks like. Is it that uh, Sundays you just don't go anywhere and you hang out at home all day Sunday and you clean your room and you get yourself organized and you do your homework and you actually come to the living room and spend time? (laughs) What does it look like? But I'm telling you, I, I need you to still be involved in our family to some extent because she's just so, now she started playing lacrosse and so she has lacrosse practice like four days a week. And so, and she's like, she's just really busy and I don't begrudge any of it, but she really, really does not care to spend any time with her mom and dad and sister at Mm -hmm. all. And I just don't, I'm not sure that's entirely healthy either. Like you should send a little bit, a little bit, not a lot. We all ate dinner together last night. We haven't been eating dinner together for a while and we were eat dinner together people all the time. And all of a sudden, things started shifting around and we stopped doing that for some reason. They'll get food and go back to their room and study or, and I'm eating by myself. And now Isla's a vegan. And so I can't really cook. I have to cook two meals or I have to cook one meal with an extra vegan protein option. And I'm happy to do that, but they're just, they're so like busy. You know, I have a project due. I need to go in my room. I have to FaceTime. And Isla is in American Sign Language as her language, which is awesome. However, she's paired with students all over the United States. So sometimes she has to, and they work together. I love the program. It's an awesome program, but it sucks to be on the West Coast with this program where there's people in Cleveland and, you know, 
all over the U.S., yeah. but she has to kind of work at their schedule. And almost always, it's at dinner. I'm like, because six here is like nine there. And right. that's when kids do their homework. And although Isla does her homework at nine, she has to do it at six with this person. And I'm like, well, shit, there goes dinner. I've made dinner and now you got to uh-huh. go do American Sign Language upstairs in your room with someone in Cleveland. <laughs> I missed you. So, yeah, I don't know. Isla has decided to be in the play um, at school, which I'm really happy for. But um, I, that means I'll be driving to pick her up every day and um sorry halston will you take the name of the school out i just said it <laughs> off the top of my head but i have to drive to school to pick her up every day and i'm i did that last night and i was like well at least i'm gonna have this time with her in the car mm-hmm. like, at least i'll get that connection with isla i have no idea how i'm gonna get it with georgia between now and when she leaves can you believe they're leaving kathy no <sighs> i haven't wrapped my head around it yet at all have you listened to the episode I did with Jeannie and Margaret no. about it? Uh, yeah. I think it's all normalizing for them now, by now. Yeah. I think they're feeling a little better about it, but it's hard. I think it's hard. Do you think Camille will go away to college? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she was really upset last night. Um all of a sudden out of nowhere about her grades and like, Oh my, I'll never get into college with grades like these. And we were like, what are you talking about? Your grades are better than ever. And she was upset because she's like, I have a B in AP English. And I'm like, it's, it's an AP. (laughs) Like it's an AP. They're harder. And I'm like, and you'll still get into college. Like she's not trying to get into Harvard. Like, you know, she's, she's totally going to get into college, but (laughs) yeah. I I think all kids these days think the requirements for Harvard apply to every college. Mm -hmm. And it's not true. It's not true. But that is the prevailing thought. Like, there's a lot of pressure on Mm -hmm. these kids, you know, like, you know, in filling out the applications. Oh, my God. Why didn't I do better when I was a freshman? Because you were a freshman. Like, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And you just didn't. And it's okay that you we're not a straight A student as a freshman. Like it's fine. Relax. And also to see improvement. I mean, honestly, yes. like and these are humans too, who like, this isn't their first kid right. who's applying like, Oh, what? You had bad grades right. in ninth grade. And bad they as a B. Like, like, do you know what I mean? They're not bad. They're and fine. They, yeah. Like Just they don't want to see like, yeah. Oh, if you were like a straight A student in ninth grade and now you were a straight C student, Maybe that's what they don't want to see, right. you know? I don't even know I, if it's that. Here's the deal. Georgia does not have spectacular grades. They're not terrible. She's, I would say if I had to quantify her, I'd say she's a solid B student. Mm-hmm. B, B plus. Yeah. Solid. Now, she has A's. She has C's. Mm-hmm. But if I had to get her a label, she's a B student, right? She has extracurricular activities. Girl Scouts, she's always played a sport. Now she's got a bunch of stuff senior year. She applied to 10 colleges. She's already gotten into five of them. Yeah. You know, hi, <laughs> that's all you need to know. Yeah. She, it doesn't, and she's got into some good schools, not, not Harvard. Yeah. But that girl's never going to, never wanted to go to Harvard. Yeah. Yeah, so totally. the myth that they're operating under needs to be busted. And I don't know, I don't know who how to do that has, though. and you know what's really interesting too? This makes me a little angry. Someone in this process, I won't say who, but someone in this process 
was encouraging me to fill out the financial aid form, the FAFSA or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And I said, no. And they said, but you should anyway. And I said, but I'm not going to take a scholarship of any kind of financial aid money because that would be taking financial aid money from someone who needs it. We can fully afford to pay for whatever college our kid gets into because Mm -hmm. they're not going to Harvard. We're not going to Stanford. We're not going to USC. We can afford a $30,000 a year college, which is where my kid's going to go. And I find it offensive that I felt pressured highly to fill out a financial aid form. Mm -hmm. But, and my conclusion to that is they are applying the process to everyone the same and not looking at the individual and saying, this family doesn't need financial aid. This family needs financial aid. Mm -hmm. This family doesn't need to worry about her grades because she's not interested in going to Harvard. Mm -hmm. They apply the same Mm -hmm. rules to every family. And the pressure she was putting on me to fill out a fucking financial aid form where I literally said to her at the end of the conversation, I find it unethical and I will not fill this out because I think it is unethical. Good for you. And she was like, okay, okay, okay. But I had to push that hard Mm -hmm. for her to leave me alone about it. And I'm 51 years old and she's a lot younger than me, still an employee of this wherever this was coming from. And I thought, if I feel this way, how did the children feel this way? Mm. You mm-hmm. must apply for the California state schools. You must. Why? They don't want to. My, my kid didn't want to, mm-hmm. but you should anyway. Just do it anyway. You do it anyway. You need a backup anyway, just a backup anyway. She's already gotten into three schools. She doesn't need a backup. Why are you making her feel like this is a high-pressured environment when it is not Mm -hmm. necessary. That made me so upset because I thought that's happening for every single family. Guarantee you that is the attitude and the pressure that is being placed. But for what? Why? How many, if, if someone has decided to send their child to my private, the private school, my kids are in, I guarantee you 99% of that school is going to college. They don't need to be pressured. Mm -hmm. The kids who need help with it are the kids in the public school system who don't have the resources, the advocacy from their parents, the access to funds. They need the stuff that they're pushing on me that I don't need, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I think it's so wrong. Soapbox. (laughs) But what do you think about that? Did you experience that with your, in your experience with school? Um, with college I I do feel like while there was not that sort of direct pressure I do feel like the culture is massively um puts a lot of pressure on these kids and our school has been really good about saying relax you don't need to do this yet you don't need to take the SATs if you don't want to all of the schools you're applying to are test blind Mm -hmm. or test optional. So if this is not something that you're going to excel at, why bother? Yeah. So in that way, it was really good. Like the one-on-one support we got was amazing. However, my kid still comes home and is like, everyone's taking the SATs. I should have done it. I'm like, why? Why Why? would you do that? You're not a good test taker. Mm -hmm. You're not going to, it's not going to improve anything. And not one of the schools you're applying to 
is interested in them. Mm -hmm. So why are we paying for a tutor? Why are we then paying to take the test? Mm -hmm. Why are you sitting for four hours on a Saturday Mm -hmm. stressed about something that doesn't matter? And stressing for weeks building up to it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like it's just not worth it. Why Mm -hmm. are we doing this? I don't want to be in that rat race. And you know, like he can hear that, but then he hears all of his peers and everyone else saying like, you should be doing this. Yeah. I think a lot of it is the peers too. The peers and they're getting that message. Like I have been to a number of, you know, parent meetings where like we sit there and the school presents one thing and the first hand that shoots up is, well, my kid is in ninth grade and is not taking an AP class yet. I find this like, and I'm like, I don't want my yeah. kid taking a fucking no, it's AP in ninth grade. The like, the worst. <laughs> it's not appropriate. They should not be taking a college level class in ninth grade. Mm-mm. They can't handle it. Why do you want that for your kid? They're well, freaking then, 13 for God's sake. I wonder then if this, this is something I think is true in so many places, people are afraid to have their own thoughts and to be in and to walk their own path. And something I've always thought to myself is I have a kid. I have one kid that we can't walk everybody mm-hmm. else's path. Mm-hmm. And what a blessing yeah. to have that kid go. Yeah, I can't skin the cat that way. We got to find different sets of tools, to skin this cat. I can't do it this way. So that's made me step out of the like stream of salmon swimming upstream and go, let me just sit over here on a rock for a minute and see and assess what's going on here. And I said the same thing to Georgia. Uh, You don't need to take the SAT. Everywhere you're applying to is test blind or test optional. Why would you take it? That's a waste of time, energy, stress. I'm not even going to consider it. The overall population was, but just in case. Yes. But yes. don't you want to know? Just in case. I don't give a shit what no. the SAT says because I can tell you from my younger daughter, it has no indication of her intelligence whatsoever. Mm-hmm. None whatsoever. You know what it tells me? Whether you're good or bad at taking a test. Mm-hmm. That's entirely and We already have that information right, at this it, point. Right. Exactly. And, and we do. Yes. <laughs> and I can't remember ever taking a test in a job. Have yeah. you ever taken a test? Well, like a pass-fail test? Not filled out an application or a form. But taking a pass fail test in a job, maybe if you're in healthcare. The only one that I've accounting. heard of recently was um, a friend of mine applied to be a bus driver. There's a national shortage of bus mm-hmm. drivers. I would imagine kids are not able to get to school. Wow! And so she applied to do that, and she actually had to do like a series of sit for exams, like mm-hmm. to actually sit for exams for the first time in like 30 years. That's or whatever. crazy. Well, obviously. Yeah. Job specific. That yeah, yeah. I would yes. want her to take a test. Yeah. <laughs> My accountant. I'd want him to take it a test from time to time to make sure he knows what's going on or some kind of way of him knowing he's doing things right. Lawyer, maybe doctors. doctors. Sit for boards every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. So that that's very specific. But in the world in general, if you're going to be an auto mechanic, you don't usually take a lot of tests after you've graduated. So I don't know. I just said I don't see there's any need for it. I think what you need to know about yourself is who you are, what you want. So we signed her up to take an aptitude test. So it's like, instead of an SAT test, Mm -hmm. let's take an aptitude test and see what you're naturally really good at. And then just keep that as a tool. You don't need to then go, oh, I'm naturally really good at medical field. Well, it doesn't mean you have to be in the medical field. But you can keep that in the back of your head. So when you start making decisions, you can go, oh, I'm naturally have a natural aptitude for this, whatever this is. And she was super excited about that test. It's like a full day test. And then you have like a 
like a follow-up, this is what we've discovered. I find that far more valuable. 100%. Than an SAT test. And I don't know why colleges aren't approaching admissions from some point of view like that too. Like, you know, well, what are you good at? Well, then, and what are you highly interested in? You don't necessarily have to be really good at something to be highly interested in learning about that. But why isn't that the approach to college? Because if you're interested in what you're learning, you will excel, period. You will. You will figure out a way, even if you have a learning disability, you will figure out a way to learn that if you are interested in it. My dad barely got out of high school. He has like five different certifications as an auto mechanic. Because he was obsessed with cars. He loved it. He ended up teaching diesel mechanic at the local vocational school because it's what he was interested in, you know, like serious D student in high school. D barely got out. But so that means to me that we're going about this whole thing totally backwards. Mm -hmm. And a college counselor, in my opinion, should go about it backwards too. Who are you? What are you interested in? And then let's go down that stream. Maybe you're not swimming with a salmon. Maybe you're in a pond with a bunch of crappy. And crappy eat too. So you'll find something to eat over there. You know, there's nothing wrong with any of that. I feel like they talk that game. Yeah. They talk the game of, oh, go to vocational school or go to um, a local community college first and then figure it out. But I don't think that's how they behave. Right? I agree. They behave in a way where you, but just fill out the the state school application just in case. You can do this other thing, but just in case. Mm -hmm. Panic, panic, panic. Just fill out the financial aid just in case. Panic, panic, panic. And it just doesn't need to be that way. Well, it's because it reflects poorly on the school if they have fewer kids that go to four-year colleges. If they get to brag that the entire class of 2022 went to a four-year college, that's different than, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, or the the line is they were accepted. Yeah, yeah. We have a hundred percent acceptance rate. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean they're going. That doesn't mean like they. It's a bunch of load of crap. It's a it load is. of crap. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where that should be concerning is in the local public high school. To me, that's where you should focus because there are so many kids there that need the advocacy. Not that you're going to take someone from a private school and put them in a public school. And, but I mean, really, I understand why there's more focus in that environment because there's less, typically, there's less parent involvement in that environment um, or less um, history of people in their generations going to college in a public school system. It's a lot less than it is private. If kids go to private school, they're pretty much going to college, I think. Is that an ignorant way of thinking about that? I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, I think it's pretty, I think that is the assumption, right? That if you're going to private school, you're 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 pretty much going to college. Yeah. Yeah. Or you have the option at least to go if you so choose. Yeah. We're big right now on, I think actually Max is in a really good place because I was, he's, you know, Applying is one thing, but then you got to choose where you go. And I'm like, listen, you've changed schools twice in your life, actually three times in your life. You survived all of them. Like, it's no big deal. If you choose wrong, it's not the end of the world. Absolutely. 
just like, it's okay. And then uh, like, I think, cause he was like, well, what if I think I should go there because so-and-so is going there and he really wants me to go. And I'm like, you know what? But what do you want to do? I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. <laughs> but relax. Like, it's fine. Everything is fixable. Like it's not the end of the world if you choose the wrong school. Absolutely. We know plenty of people that have transferred after the first year and then graduated in four years like everyone else. Yeah. It's way Um, easier to transfer. It's easier to transfer. And if it's just not the right place for you, it's okay. Yeah. You may not know that today. No. You know, when we started this process, you were a different kid than you are right now. Mm -hmm. Like I've seen a lot of growth and change in him just over the past three months of Mm -hmm. applying. Mm -hmm. So who the hell knows what you'll be next fall, Yeah, you know? Same with Georgia. She's yeah. changed a lot. Yeah. And then fall. It's, it's senior kind of year amazing. is really interesting. It is. Right. Yep. It's very eye opening. Like it is. they are alarming, I'd say. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's alarming. And, and the speed with which they change. Yes. Is, is crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. Why? Why does it happen like that? <laughs> I don't know. Really, why? It is like Kathy, that. you need to know why. Why? <laughs> Tell me why. It's like that developmental growth. Like all of a sudden they wake up and they're two inches taller. They woke up and you're like, oh my God, you're a different human today. Like yeah. what happened? Your brain just changed. You can see their adult self a little bit. A right? little bit more. Yeah. And some of it's relieving and some of it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrifying. Some of it is relieving. I go, okay. Okay, I can see that you probably would make it in college. Like two months ago, I'm not sure that you would make it uh-huh. at going to wherever you're going to go if you go out of state somewhere. But now I'm seeing, okay, I think this is looking good. Not sure I like it, but this is looking good. <laughs> I can see that. Uh-huh. And then sometimes, you know, like Georgia. Georgia is, try- is very independent. She doesn't even try to be very independent. She is very independent. And she's, it's finals week. She has, she's um, spirit chair for the school. So she's got all this stuff going on with like secret Santas for the whole school and <laughs> these activities because it's the week before school's out. She comes in last night. I get an email from some big wig at school saying that the athletic director says that Georgia hasn't turned in her golf uniform. And because she hasn't turned in her golf uniform, she can't take her finals. She has to have a clearance card, Right. So I go, what's up with your golf uniform? And she goes, um, I turned it in. I don't know what's happening. So she comes home after school with her golf uniform. And I was like, what happened? She said, the athletic director said, my, my uniform wasn't, um, has stains on it. So I need to get the stains out. And then, and then I can turn it in. And I said, well, what are you going to do? And she's like, I got it. <laughs> so last night, I go up. She's already asleep. I've been waiting to hear the washer. And at a certain point, I went, huh, I I haven't heard her put anything in the washer. Let me go check on this golf uniform. (laughs) I woke her up and went, what's going on with this golf uniform? Because today is the last day for her to turn it in to be able to take her finals. So she had to take it to school with her today. And she was like, oh, I washed it out in the sink and it's dripping dry. And I was like, (laughs) I said, you know, we have a washer dryer. She said, I just didn't really know how to deal with just one item in the washer. I was like, you wash a whole load and you put that item in the load. That's how you deal with it. And she goes, well, it has some stains on it. And I just thought I'd scrub it out by hand. I said, with hand soap? Is it athletic? Okay, just give it to me. So she gave it to me and I oxy cleaned all the stains. And then, of course, did a load of laundry. Mm-hmm. And, and I, was, I was smelling the laundry. 
to see if if she had just to see if she had turned it out clean or dirty. <laughs> it was disgusting. I could smell the armpits before I actually got it to my nose. And I thought this is why the athletic director returned it. You turned in worn dirty golf uniform. It was so gross. I swear to God, it would have stood up on its own. It was so dirty. So I washed and dried it and folded it and put it by the door last night. And she was like, did the stains go out? I said, no, but Georgia, the armpits smelled terrible. And she went, oh, that's not me. I was like, well, who is it? It's your golf uniform. Of course it's you. I said, why didn't you wash it before you turned it in? She said, well, I just didn't think about it. And I'm like, oh, my God. Never mind. You're never going to make it in college. Who turns in dirty uniforms? Do you just assume they're going to wash them? I would be so embarrassed to turn in my dirty uniform. Right? <laughs> so then I go, okay, maybe she's not entirely ready. She was Remember, trying. they like growth happens at different rates. So yeah. certain things mature, some things not so much at the same time. So the laundry part of her limbic system hasn't gone. <laughs> hasn't quite matured yet or maybe her olfactory <laughs> is delayed because buddy you can smell it <laughs> i was like wow this is why she sent it home <laughs> she doesn't want this oh my god that's not it and i went oh that's totally it that's it 100 percent. oh that's funny um, and then also today she had to turn that in and she needed to bring bagels for her uh journalism class and i was like She's like, I got to leave early. I got to leave like half an hour early. I got to go with bagels. And I went, why don't you just order them takeout and pick them up? You can do that? I'm, I'm sorry. You Postmate like a crumb and you don't think you can, <laughs> you can do that? You Postmate everything. Why? Well, I didn't think about it for bagels. You don't think they deliver bagels? They'll deliver ice cream. Come on. And it's a pandemic. They've done pickup for like everybody who didn't used to do pickup does yeah, pickup. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> so she was like, I just can't figure it out. It's just easier for me to just go order. And I was like, let me just order you a dozen cut cream cheese. Just pick it up. Okay, thank you. Especially so this morning. Like, yeah, you know, Max has not ever driven in this kind of rain before. Right. It actually wasn't that bad when they went to school today. But when I got up, I was like, oh. Like yeah. this is a, this is a new experience for him. Yeah, totally. So, yeah. She left early, very he early. He left, they left way. super early yeah. today too. And he was like, no, it'll be fine. And I was like, Kirsten went three <laughs> miles in 26 minutes. So you were leaving significantly earlier yeah. than normal. But my kids were already gone by the time I got your text. They were, they were gone. Georgia. My kids have a later start because of finals, but. Oh, got it. No, they have, this is our last regular day of school. And they have finals oh. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. But Friday, they don't have any. It's their electives. So they don't have any. Although, I don't know if Georgia might. But anyway. Anyway, I had to laugh about that last <laughs> night. I was like, maybe you're not quite ready for college. We'll see. <laughs> Can't wait to see what that lacrosse uniform smells like. Because I bet you're a lot more active than golf. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Shoo. Oh, oh, man. So what are you doing? Are you doing it? Are you doing anything to get in this river of salmon with Camille? <laughs> yeah, well, her school is very, it's, it, that's their thing. Their thing is college culture. So they, they've been, yeah, they've been pushing college since ninth grade. But it, it to me, it feels like a very laid back way. Like their thing is there is 
a right fit for everybody. Mm -hmm. So they try to express to the kids, like, don't get caught up in this idea of what you think college is. There are a gazillion different colleges and that go at different, you know, there's just like a whole different thing. Um, So, yeah, I think that I think Camille's thing right now, the reason that she was getting stressed about her grades is that seeing the seniors waiting for the acceptances to Mm -hmm. roll in right now and all of the stress um, Mm -hmm. with the seniors, she's always just been such an empath and she just absorbs the energy of the room and the Mm. room per se is like her high school right now. And so it's not coming from the college counselors or the teachers (laughs) because her grades are just, she's doing better than ever. Like, um, it's, but again, she's like, she's like a Georgia type student where she's like, she's not straight a student, but she has perfectly good grades. She will get into perfectly good colleges. It's, she doesn't want to go to Harvard. She's not aiming for that kind of thing anyway. She's going to do just fine. But um, I think it's just that she's absorbing the energy from her school of all the seniors running around like chickens with their heads cut off yeah. and going, oh, my God, where am I going to go? Right. Has Max gotten any acceptance letters? Not yet. No. Not yet. No. I don't know. Every school's different, right? Yeah. They all come in at different times and. I don't think, I think the first one we'll hear is February 1st. Oh, really? Yeah. I wonder why Georgia got so many then. Because we, we did not apply for early decision. She must have like rolling admissions. That's it? Yeah. That's it, exactly. She didn't apply to any place that has rolling admissions. That's why. That's why. Okay, so, that makes sense. And his, the place he applied early action, I don't think we, he thinks we find out December 15th, which is tomorrow, today, um, tomorrow, whatever. Um I don't think that's true, though. I think he misunderstood because I think we won't find out till February 1st and then everything else will be March 1st. Hmm. I think so. that's got to be stressful on the kids, too, when they start yeah. to see their friends mm-hmm. get exactly get acceptances and it makes you feel like left out in the cold mm-hmm. when really you didn't apply to those same right. type of colleges. Yeah. I don't know why it's not it's, all just standard. Why can't so it all just easier. be the same, wouldn't it? Yeah. That common app is brilliant. Yeah. Why can't every single college use just the common use app? that? I don't understand. I understand maybe having a different supplemental essay, like mm-hmm. a different college wanting different types of essays. That's fine. But the application is pretty basic information, right? Like, what do you like to do? Yep. What do your parents do? What's your income? You know, I mean, just do one and done. Maybe have to write three or four essays. Yeah. That's it. I don't know why it's so complicated. Stupid school. <laughs> I hate school. <laughs> I liked school when I was a kid, but I don't know that I would like it now. I don't know. Yeah. It's a lot it's a lot different. It is a lot different. It was a lot easier when I was in school. I don't know. Anyway. anyway. Well, we've far over talked our podcast time now. Now that we we I guess the French exit was just so short. Um, but anyway, so we're reading Carrie. January, right? Sometime okay. in January. Um Yeah, I guess that's it. The French exit. And we will exit with the French exit. <laughs> Thank you for always reading with me. I appreciate it. I really do. I enjoy these talks. I enjoy I them too. Ta- you do? Good. Yeah. Good. Because I really enjoy them. But we need to podcast about something that's not book related. Because I feel like the only time we podcast lately is for books. So what can we podcast about that's not books? Hmm. Should we podcast about the Girl Scout meeting that we had last week? <laughs> <laughs> about that it was funny it was Mm -hmm. yeah 
Maybe we should. Maybe we should. We don't have to say anybody's name. We can keep everyone anonymous, but it was an awesome. It to be, Let's not even talk about okay, it now. Yeah, right. Let's enough. podcast right, right. about that. Let's do that because I think it was pretty, the whole badge we worked yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's do that because I think that whole badge was transformative for one kid or another, depending. At different points. Uh-huh. Yeah. I Agreed. think that one thing we did was really awesome. So let's do that. We are awesome. Okay. We are fucking amazing. <laughs> amazing. If only my body looked as good as I feel, <laughs> I would be unstoppable. <laughs> right? Because I feel pretty much like I look like Elle McPherson. <laughs> you do. <laughs> I, on, the, I, on the inside, I really do. <laughs> well, thank you very much. <laughs> there are all the you got a brand new key. I think that we should.